not a Republican or a Democrat. I'm a truthican, and the truth as I see it is that we've been divided in this country by design by people who benefit from that division, and it's not going to turn out well for 99% of us unless we all come together as one human race, realize we have all the power, and tell the establishment to go fuck themselves. Before Trump won, then everybody was like, these election machines are all fucked up. They shouldn't be connected to the internet, and why are there computers inside them when they just got account shit? But then Biden won, and they were like, no, they're fine now. If you're not smart enough to be my friend, fuck you. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Truthkin Podcast, episode 44, formerly known as the Nonsense Podcast. My good buddy, Mike Baldwin. Uh, we have a lot to talk about, as always. Uh, mainly, we'll probably focus on uh, Hunter Biden and what a slap on the wrist he got, and uh, a lot of interesting things going on right now. I re- re- just saw that um, oh, Joe Biden is, are they are they looking to impeach him now? Did you see that I yet? believe they, the, the House passed uh, like a preliminary impeach thing, and now it's going to go to, I want to say, the either the Ethics Committee or like the Judiciary Committee or something like that. And I, I mean, they're slowly looking into all this stuff. It's it's just it's so tedious, dude. Like the same friend that I always mention that like is super left and anti-Trump and all that stuff is just like still won't admit that there wasn't Russian collusion. But then all this Biden stuff comes out and he's like, it's all hearsay until proven otherwise. And I'm just like, Jesus, dude, like you're just so gullible. Or we are one or the other. Yeah. Yeah. But it's I'd like it's, to think that it's them. Yeah, I think it's them. I mean, but again, I don't I don't listen to any leftist stuff to even really see their point. Um, but I do know that for some reason Barack Obama's tweets have been popping up in my feed or whatever you call it. And dude. I would say uh, the negative comments are a hundred to one and the positive comments. And I don't know why that would be if, you know, cause he's their golden boy. I mean, he's the democratic party golden boy. Like everyone that believes in that line of thinking thinks that he was a great president and a great guy and no, um, nothing nefarious going on with his, his administration or any of that. So I don't know if that's a sign of, the country waking up or, or what, but I mean, it's overwhelmingly negative. That's how a lot of these Twitter people are. Have you heard? Uh, it's funny. Cause at the beginning of each show, you, you mentioned like the things that we're going to talk about today. And then as you're saying it, I'm just thinking like, I don't have any videos of that, <laughs> but we've got a bunch <laughs> of videos today uh, that are not necessarily related to the things that you said, but um what was the question again? Uh, I was just talking about Barack Obama and his. Uh, oh right, the the people on Twitter. It's uh, uh, the Joe Rogan Peter Hotez thing. Have you heard about any of that or been following that at all? Uh, that's the guy that wants to debate um, Robert, or no, Robert F. Kennedy wants to debate him, and he won't do it at least up until now. And I heard the pod is up to like six or eight hundred thousand dollars of people who well over a million now and the guy's still saying like 
he's like posting articles like opinion articles that other people have written in prominent newspapers that are like see here's why a scientist shouldn't debate a vaccine denier and he, yeah it's all just bullshit like if he has all of this obvious proof like everybody that i see in the comments is just like or at least everybody that's on peter hotez's side which much like obama is not many but there are people that are just like like look it up dude like the evidence is out there like if you're anti-vax like you could easily debunk it by doing a simple google search and the guy's like all right well just link an article or whatever and people are like i'm not gonna do your work for you and it's like if there was a simple article out there that explained everything and refuted all of these MAGA right-wing idiots, then they would post it everywhere. But there's not one. It's just like like at no point during the COVID thing do they win the argument of like this was serious and people were dying all over the place and the vaccine stopped that. Like that evidence doesn't exist. Right. Same with same with, the you know, the whole election thing. Like, you know, like if he genuinely won, like, well, just prove it. If it's so easy to prove, just prove it. Or the whole all the shit coming out with him and, uh, um, you know, all the recent stuff coming out, talking about how dirty he is. They could they could prove that that's not true if they wanted to, if if they had that evidence. But the problem is they don't. So they can't. Right. It's the same <laughs> as the uh, the thing I mentioned about the Epstein list before, like any of those people could come out and be like, dude, I flew on the plane. Nothing fucked up happened. Like, I swear to God, like, I don't want to be a part of this, you know, but not one person from that list has come out. So that either tells me that somebody's telling them that they have to stay quiet or they're just staying quiet for their own, like self, uh, preservation. Yeah, after they after they came off the island, they were probably like, "Just so you know, uh, we had a great time with you. We've got everything you did on tape, and uh, so keep that in mind if anybody comes around asking questions." Right, and you're going to get a text <laughs> from a number that you don't recognize on the morning of every vote, and it's going to either have a thumbs up or a thumbs down, and that's how you're going to vote that day, and you can fucking uh, explain it to your constituents however you want to, but as long as the vote is like this. Yeah. And if that's not enough, here's a list of the people who didn't do what we said and now they're dead. Right. And here's a picture <laughs> of all of their children. <laughs> and yours too, just so you know. Right. Here's a picture of your child five minutes ago. And you're like, yeah. oh, geez. All right. I'll vote the way you want me to. Uh, I meant to tell you this before we even got started on anything, but I went, I had an airport experience this weekend or coming back on I didn't come back till Tuesday because I had a Monday night show at a casino in Arizona, but I was coming back and I have this, I've got a bad knee right now and I had this knee brace on. So I get pulled out of the x-ray thing, even though I've worn it several times and the guy's like going through it or whatever. And then he swabs my hand and he said, I set off some alarm. So they like had to pull me aside and give me like a more thorough search. And I go, so just out of curiosity, what would make the alarm go off and uh he goes anything combustible or moisturizer and i'm like okay i mean <laughs> what a fucking joke so any anybody they pulled out you know especially women out of the line and they swabbed their hands it would set off this alarm and 
it's just such a crock of shit, man. It makes me wonder, like, I'm not a big shot or anything, you know, talking about this stuff, but every flight I go on, I get one of those cards in my check bag that says, we went through your shit, and it seems pretty, I don't know. It, it's, Did it happen this time? The card? Yeah. Ah. Um, yeah, it happened this time, and I have this giant bag that I take my suitcase, or I take my t-shirts in, and it inevitably, that one always gets searched, I guess, because it's huge, but this time, they didn't go through that one. They went through my just regular laundry bag, and, uh, but every time I go through, they search my shit, and every time it reminds me of the fact that our Fourth Amendment just gets trampled on all the time. Um Right. Yeah, I never really thought of the Fourth Amendment when it comes to the TSA, but yeah, but I guess you're also like, they're like, look, we don't have to search your stuff. You can just not get on this airplane. And you're like, fine, fucking search my stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you're still complying. It's just, it's bullshit that you have to. Yeah. And, and I'm, I can't help but like sit there and I'm like rolling my eyes like every time. <laughs> You know, I'm afraid they're going to catch me rolling my eyes sometime and be like, you got a problem? I'm like, oh. <laughs> right. You need to have a good attitude about this. Yeah. Like, Do I? Is that part of the requirement? One time I was in Little Rock and the guy grabbed my business and it made me step back. And just a half a step. It's not like I ran away from the guy and he's like, sir, now I have to do it all again. I'm like. I was so pissed off, dude. I was like shaking. I was just like, just do what you got to do. I mean, it was hard for me to keep my mouth shut on that one because he literally was like, eh. as James Johan would say, I'm like, are you looking for ticks? <laughs> <laughs> That's one of his jokes. I can't remember what it is, but it's pretty That's funny. funny. All right. So we have 13 videos today. Do we want to just start plowing through them? Yeah. What do we got first that would be relevant to what we were talking about? Uh, well, we've got some actually here. Let's start with some comedy. Do you know who Jimmy Schubert is? Yeah, I know Jimmy. I've worked with him a few times over the years. It's been a long time, but he posted this the other day and it just made me crack up. And he's a funny guy. It might be loud, but we'll find out together. But it's I, guarantee, only a minute. I guarantee it'll be. That's loud. why I'm confused with all these dudes transitioning into women. I know you don't even know what the fuck you're in for. You don't work because you're being a woman. I'm surprised you women stand for it. You can't have a period. You can't give birth. You're not a goddamn woman. I got this idea. I got to give them. They can put the silicone in the chest and make it look like it has boobies. And, you know, they can cut the piece in there, fillet it, butterfly it, fuck it in, make it look like a vagina. But how do they make the brain smaller? I don't <laughs> it just made me laugh because he, yeah. he, he has a good way of talking about super controversial shit and then bringing up something that you didn't even think about to like throw it off off base or whatever. Yeah, it was funny. Yeah. I like so Jimmy. that leads us into uh, some like pride type shit that we can talk about if you want to here's a guy let's start with this dude and then we'll listen to this chick talking other parts of the world are not teaching their young children to hate their own country and 
if you if you continue to do this, how is how is the West going to do in the battle of civilizations? Because that's what we're in, right? I the agree. Chinese want to thrive, the Russians want to thrive, and they're teaching their children to be strong, to be confident, to go out there to learn science instead of, you know, equity and diversity. <laughs> And a bridge doesn't work very well if it's built on diversity instead of math. So th- that- I'm with you. I'm with you, says Bill Maher. Yeah, um, that kind of reminds me. Um, I, I probably brought up this point before, but Chinese Twitter only allows their kids to see like positive, uplifting things and stuff that makes them smarter. And all our kids see are the dumbest shit imaginable. Um, I've heard people say that before, but they also like the things that China considers making their kids smarter is probably still weird indoctrination and shit, you know? Yeah. Teaching them that like their president is is a godly figure, not like North Korea style, but still to like it. Is he called the president or do they still have an emperor? Um, in China? Yeah. President Xi is what they call him. That's what so. we call him. I wonder what they call him. Yeah, I don't know. But I, I but to your point, I agree that they probably do whatever they can to make them better communists, but they They're they also build not showing them people fucking and doing all that stuff. Like Yeah. Or, you know, taking their clothes off or telling them that they can be something that they can't be or that kind of shit. I mean, my nieces and nephews have showed me some of the more popular things on Instagram. And I'm like, how how do kids find this funny now? Like, I know you're a kid, so you think differently than I do, but I'm pretty sure I would have never found this funny. But that's just anyway, that's just a difference of uh, uh, generations, I guess. But yeah. Do, right. Does does so. that stuff does that stuff flow into uh, well the whole pride thing? I don't know if it flows into this or not. But have you heard about the Jim Caviezel movie that's supposed to come out soon? Uh, yes, I've heard about it, and I saw him on uh, whatever Steve Bannon's interview thing is. I saw him a little bit of that the other day, and um, yeah, from like the few people that I've seen mention it on Twitter, they're all like, "Man, that was." the hardest movie I've ever had to watch, but I'm glad that I watched it. And that's why I think that's a big reason why a lot of this stuff doesn't get the attention that it deserves. Cause like as, as a regular American, I'm like, yeah, like go catch all the pedophiles. And they're like, do you want to know what they were doing? And I'm like, no, I just want you to go stop them. Like, and just tell me when they're all caught, like, there's I'd feel terrible for and I assume that's what that movie's going to be is a whole lot of like innocent people like being like having their innocence taken away and just watching that is going to be I don't want to say cringy it's just it'll make me uncomfortable and it'll make everyone uncomfortable but that's exactly why people should watch it you know yeah I mean most people like my my wife doesn't want to hear I mean, she got in uh, kind of all into it for a little while, but then it was making her crazy because we have a small child and just thinking about it. And sometimes I'll be like, do you want to watch this? And she's like, no, you know, like I know it goes on and I know, that, you know, so I understand that mentality, but it's also part of why it continues. Like, I don't want to br- blame 
people like my wife for why it continues, but it, it, it does factor in, you know, that people don't want to hear that stuff, especially about the adrenochrome and all that. I mean, it goes way beyond, I don't want to say simple molestation because that can be very detrimental to a, a kid's brain, but, um, you know, it's gross shit. Like they, I think what this movie's going to be about too is not just the child trafficking, but they're going to go into like how big of an, how big of a business abortion is because of the body parts and all that shit that they use and, you know, stuff yeah. that people don't want to hear. And it's hard to believe. And it's hard to believe that, you know, some of the people in suits and ties could be part of it, but it's, it's not just again, simple pedophilia. It's satanic shit, you know, like, ugh, you know, yeah. but, and, but I don't... money, it's half religion and half their, their money, you know, like, so there's people are in it for different reasons, I think. But yeah, I've tried and not something to joke about, I guess, but I have tried bringing it up on stage about like, all right, so we can have abortions. But then after after we do the abortion, we just throw it in the trash and they're like, no, 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 no. We're going to sell it to a company that exists only to buy abortion leftovers. And it's like, wait, why the fuck does that company get to exist? And why don't we talk about them? Like, why are there whole companies that just buy dead babies? What are they doing with them? Yeah, it's a huge, it's a huge uh, industry, you know, using baby parts. and Yeah, and shit. it's way more lucrative for them to get a, an eight-month grown baby than it is to get a three-month grown baby. So it's in their best interest to convince people to wait as long as they can before they kill this thing because then they're like oh hey look we've got a whole liver here instead of just like you know an embryo or whatever yeah it's not just you know th these people who think like oh these people are just about women's rights and you know that shit i'm like no that's not why they're allowing people to have abortions eight months in when it's essentially just straight up murder when it can live outside the womb and you're killing it that's fucking murder um no matter how you look at it, as far as I'm concerned, but they're not just doing that to empower women. They're doing that because somewhere someone is making a shit ton of money off it. Yeah. So, but anyway, I, and, and also with Jim Caviezel, I mean, I don't see anyone, I, I don't, I just don't see him like making this stuff up or being like, well, I don't believe any of that, but I'll be in the movie and go on these shows and act like it's real, you know? Um, yeah, so no, it, it I mean, probably he is, a, dude. He lost a lot of work when he did Passion of the Christ just because for with Mel Gibson, of course, but then also just going around being like, no, I believe that this is what happened to him, you know, and people are like, ah, we can't have that message out there any more than it needs to be. So I think it was sort of a blessing in disguise that he probably got shunned from a lot of shit. But then that is probably what opened his eyes to all of this shit, because people that aren't religious aren't aren't going to talk to him, you know, or want to work with him or anything. So the people that he's working with are the people that believe in the Bible and know that there's a bunch of sick shit going on. And that's a very specific group of people, you know? Yeah. And and Mel Gibson's career has made a bit of a comeback and, you know, he's going to make that movie about, you know, Passion of the Christ 2 or whatever. And uh, I get, is he part of this movie Caviezel's going to be in? I don't know that he is. 
But it makes I you wonder, know. like, what? Sorry, it makes you Go wonder ahead. what. It makes you wonder what um, Mel Gibson might have on these people because he's famous for saying some pretty off shit about Hollywood and it being built on the blood of children and all that kind of stuff. And you know, so who knows? I mean, I don't know why it would have why it would have messed up his. career. If I'm right, I don't know why it would have ever messed up his career unless it just had to for a minute. I don't know, man. I don't know. Kind of off in left well, field. Talking the movie about. is called Sound of Freedom, and it says it's coming to theaters nationwide the 4th of July. But I bet when they say theaters nationwide, I bet it's not at any AMC theaters. But I could be wrong. Yeah, I hope you're wrong. But that's like I've... the biggest movie theater chain in America. And I have a feeling that they're going to be like, yeah, we're not going to play this movie here. Yeah, but we've got uh, two more school related things. You want to play those real quick and then we can switch to something else. Yeah. Of intolerance and homophobia are unacceptable. This type of intolerant rhetoric starts in the home. Parents angry at town hall over intolerance at Marshall Simons Middle School. Kids were asked to wear rainbow clothes in honor of Pride Spirit Day, but some organized a counter protest wearing red, white and blue or black. The principal sharing a statement to families that Pride posters were ripped down, stickers ripped up, some students chanted USA are my pronouns and students showing Pride were intimidated. It was an unruly disruption, in fact, that was organized ahead of time. While some parents were upset, others say it was overblown. Some of the kids threw the stickers on the ground, but you know, I can only speak for my daughter. She just, she didn't want to wear that to school. It's not that she wanted to hurt anybody's feelings. She says her daughter felt coerced to participate in the Pride event and was offended by some of the messages, like this quote from Tennessee Williams. Human heart cannot be straight. It is curves and winds. And my daughter just kind of said, you know, mom, that's, that's offensive to, to me. Yeah, I can't imagine, dude, how they, you know, they've, brought sexuality into school on so hardcore you know um blows it's my mind. very in our face now here's another girl that was uh waiting to protest or talk or do something i don't know she'll explain why are you here today i'm here because i want to stand up for i don't have children but i'm here to stand up for you know people who do have kids for my little cousins for our community members and i'm here to show and to hopefully not only have them listen to me but for them to hear us all out and show that indoctrination to our children is not okay and it's not acceptable in any way shape or form they should prioritize arithmetic math sciences everything should be priority and anything else should be secondary i was taking it's like they had to do a sex ed assembly right i needed parental consent to do that why don't parents have the right to know what they're teaching their children in school? Why can't parents sign their kids out? First part. Second part, if they're doing all of this, this is not needed in school. What's needed is, yes, you have to respect everybody. We're all equal, whatever, whatever, right? That's what's needed. Indoctrination and shoving something down somebody's throat is different than respecting people. If they want to have this kind of whatever class, after school. After school with parental consent. I think a child needs to know how to do basic math before they learn any of this. This is an optional thing. This is not needed. The only thing that's needed is arithmetic and respect. You know, if you look 20 years ago what the standardized testing scores were, excelling. You know, you look on the school's website, you look on Redfin and Zillow to look at houses. Glendale was 8 out of 10, 9 out of 10, 10 out of 10 schools. Now it's like 4 out of 10 because the scores significantly decreased because they're pushing all this political agenda.
Oh, I cut it there, or it cut there. But it's all the same subject, basically. It's like, yeah, they're indoctrinating your children. But yeah. who's they? Who's the they at the top of they is what I want to know and, and what we will hopefully find out one day. Well, and depending on who you who you listen to and, and believe, um, you know, the reason that they're trying to normalize all of these things is because of the satanic pedophilia and all that, um, you know, which makes sense, but I know it's, I know it's hard for people to believe. And I understand why it is hard to believe that as much as I can't stand some of the people we talk about all the time, the Clintons and Obamas and all that, and the stuff that's in WikiLeaks, it is still hard to look at those people and believe they could do that. But, you know, I always use the serial killer example. Most of those people are get away with that shit because they don't look like someone who would ever do that stuff, you know? Right. Yeah, the people who look like vicious serial killers are the ones that people know to avoid. So when that guy's like, hey, do you want to get in my car? Then people are like, no. So that the guy who looks like a murderer never really gets to murder anybody because of the way he looks. He's discriminated against. We need to <laughs> march for that guy. Ugly yeah. people should be able to murder people also. And and but when no. they... when. When they do bust these people in the sex rings and whatnot, you know, whenever they do like mass arrests, it's like teachers and doctors and lawyers and clergy members and cops. And it's not, you know, a guy in a trench coat fucking jerking off in the corner. It's like somebody that you trust. That's that that's that's why a lot of these people get away with this stuff. Like, I don't want to throw all people, all dudes who want to work with little kids I don't, into a pedophile basket and say they're all pedophiles but i don't know why any any adult period but especially men would want to work with kids little kids who aren't theirs i mean i love my son more than anything on planet earth and i can't imagine having 10 of those motherfuckers trying to wrangle yeah. and teach and get to do whatever. I mean, I don't know. Well, again, Louis CK had a joke about that, about how boy scout leaders are like, like they're not all pedophiles, but they all kind of want to fuck your kids, but that's who you need <laughs> to take 30 kids out into the woods. Like you don't want to fucking do it. Like, all right, yeah. like don't fuck him. You can fantasize however you want. Just take him for the weekend. He says it funnier than that, but that's basically the joke that he was saying. Yeah. Anyway, so as far as them... All right, here's a good one. This guy, uh, I forget his name, Spike Cohen, I believe. Uh, there was a, a... He says what city he's in. I'm pretty sure it's in California, but there's like a bunch of homeless people around there. So a dude at a church started like feeding all of them and helping a lot of them and yada yada and then the whatever city council or town hall people or whatever like put a stop to it and then that this guy is talking to them about it ready yeah spike cohen and i don't recall the first amendment having a two-minute limit but anyway uh i'm gonna cut to the chase i was at faith hope and love on saturday and I watched them do what they do every single day, feeding people in need, keeping to, as your uh, coding, uh, coding people called it, keeping the matters of the faith. 
the main commission that Christians have, which is to feed those in need and to help those in need. And for a moment, I questioned, I had the same question that a lot of folks here probably have. Why are you punishing a man and his congregation for solving the homelessness crisis and helping those in need? But here's the thing, folks. I figured it out. You need a homelessness crisis. You want a homelessness crisis. You want these folks out on the streets and in the woods. You want them doing whatever they need to get by, and you want the public to become angry and fearful and resentful so you can sell them the solution. And if instead you let this man of God and his congregation fix the problem themselves, they're going to start wondering what they need you for. Now, at the base of what you're doing is a complete lack of respect for them as human beings, their lives, their livelihoods, their well-being, their safety, all of it. You do not respect them as people. You see them as objects. They are an opportunity for you to grandstand on your suffering, and the congregation is an obstacle to that opportunity. They are not things. They are people. You have two choices, and this should not be a difficult choice. One, you can just let this church help those in need and get out of the way. Or two, you can create the suffering you're creating, and I will personally make sure that everyone in this city, this county, this state, and this country knows who you are, what you've done, and the suffering you're causing. Your choice. And he tweeted that along with all of their names and phone numbers of all the people on, on that board or council or whatever. Yeah, that's awesome. And <clears throat> it reminds me of all the money we sent Ukraine. And if we have that kind of money, there shouldn't be a homelessness problem. No one should ever have to start a GoFundMe because their kid has cancer or their mom died or whatever the case is. Um, yeah, there should there should be an oh shit fund for every single person in this country. You know, like everyone in this country is entitled to X amount of dollars if the shit hits the fan, if we've got that kind of money, you know, and homelessness shouldn't be a thing and it can't be that hard to figure out. It just can't be, you know? So that's what, that's what, what he said reminded me of. I agree. Yeah. It's yeah. like, uh, I don't remember. It doesn't matter. We've got more. <laughs> um, right. we can, uh, uh, let's listen to Biden be a dipshit for a minute, and then we'll focus a little more on uh, on Durham. Did you hear any of the Durham stuff yesterday? Uh, a little bit. I know that he testified and, you know. Well, we'll talk about it. But first, here's Biden being dumb. Okay. Biden concluded a speech on gun control at the weekend by telling his audience, God save the queen, man, to which someone should have replied, she's been dead almost a year, man. Why would an American president speaking in America to an American audience say, God save the queen? Has Biden forgotten what country he's in? Someone needed to tell Biden that Connecticut, where he was speaking, was New England, not England. All right. God save the queen, man. But worse, why would Biden say, God save the queen, when the Queen is dead. Some have speculated it's such a bizarre thing to say he must be sending coded messages. Others have said it's such a bizarre thing to say he must clearly be suffering dementia. I like to think it's a combination of the two. It's a coded message telling us that he has dementia. I guess he just plain forgot that he was at the Queen's funeral only a few months ago. 
And what's with the man at the end of the sentence, like he's an 11th grade stoner? I can't imagine how on edge his team must be every time he holds a microphone. This isn't the first time Sleepy Joe has forgotten that a friend is deceased. Last year, he called on politician Jackie Woloski to identify herself at a conference one month after she died in a car accident. And I want to thank all of you here, for, including bipartisan elected officials like Representative Governor, Senator Braun, Senator Booker, Representative Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? A White House spokesperson said Biden misspoke because Woloski had been top of mind. I guess the Queen must have been top of mind too. American used to be exemplary, a model others sought to follow. They're now a laughing stock, and worse, they did it to themselves, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, that was a very bizarre thing he said, and I, I'm, I don't know, dude. I, you know, I read a lot of things and see a lot of things, but I'm almost starting to believe that maybe this guy is an actor, and his whole role is supposed to be just looking like an idiot. Because if it is, he's nailing it. If it is, he is absolutely <laughs> nailing it. But if it's not, then I'm just it. None of it compares to the dumb shit that Trump has done. Trump has like, you know, said a few things here and there, like or misspoke or or whatever. But Trump has never made the sort of mistakes that Biden makes. And if he did, he would have been impeached for that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not to mention all the legit things that Biden has done. I mean, you, we could probably name off at least five, maybe 10 things that he's done that are impeachment worthy. Um, but I don't think they're going to impeach him. I, I don't I don't know. And even if he does and even if they get it's so it's also confusing that you can be impeached, but not kicked out of the presidency or whatever. Right. Um, well, it's sort it's like if you compare it to court or something, it's the same as like being indicted or being arraigned and then actually being found guilty, you know. So the impeachment is equivalent to like pressing charges. And then the vote, the Senate vote is the actual court hearing to see whether you're guilty or not. So it's sort of the uh, it's like what happened with Adam Schiff the other day where he got censured and I had to actually look up what the hell does censured even mean? Does that mean he gets kicked out or something like that? And it's like, nope, it just means that he has to stand in the middle of Congress and hear the thing that they voted on. And so he had to stand there and then Kevin McCarthy had to be like, you know, we hereby censure you. It's just a shaming, basically. But it's happened. It, it's only happened like once or twice in the last decade or two. It's probably happened 10 times or less in our lifetimes. So it's not a very common thing, but it's still not. It, it means nothing. It's as bad as Trump getting impeached twice. It's like, yeah, well, so fucking what? Yeah, he deserves to be censured and a lot worse. Um I'm not sure what you want to talk about next, but I did want to bring up the fact that this this week was uh, Juneteenth. Uh, when was it? Like the seventh? It was like it was Monday or Tuesday or something. I think it was Tuesday. Um, and the guy who made it a federal holiday, um, I, I wrote something about this on on Facebook last year, and I don't know if I ever. If anyway, I wrote. I came up in those memories, um, but I was like the guy who. The guy who eulogized Robert Byrd and Strom Thurmond, Byrd was in the Klan and Strom Thurmond was a rabid segregationist. 
the guy who wrote the 94 crime bill, which is the best example of systemic racism that there is, made Juneteenth federal holiday. Ironic. <laughs> you know, and all that shit that, you know, the, the 94 crime bill sent tens of thousands of young black men to prison basically for doing what Hunter Biden just got slapped on the wrist for. Yeah, it's all sucked up, isn't it? So and gross. I, I saw a Twitter thread about Juneteenth the other day, and it was by a black dude, and and he was just saying, like, it's this sort of thing that, that like, divides us racially or whatever. He's like, first of all, calling it Juneteenth just implies that, like, a group of black people don't know how to say dates and numbers and shit. Like it puts that idea in your head where they're just like, it's Juneteenth. And it's like, June <laughs> what teenth? 15th, 16th. And just Juneteenth. We don't know. We don't know nothing. It's like that. It puts that imagery out there. And it's like, it's not, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> all right. Yeah, no, I know. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's all, it's all, it's all, it's all divisive. It's all divisive shit. Everything is. But since we were sort of on the subject already about people being dumb, uh, Biden is dumb. And now we'll watch uh, the press secretary be dumb. And then after that, we'll listen to Tucker talk about her for a second. But this is just one example of of both her being dumb and just the blatant propaganda. This dude's asking her. Like, what do you say to the parents out there who don't want their daughter to have to play against a, a biological male in sports? Like, what do you say to them? And her answer is just basically like, you're not allowed to ask that. What do you say to the parents out there who have daughters, uh, let's say in high school, for example, who are worried that their daughter may have to compete against a male a, or a person born male? And, they, and there could be directly in physical athletic competition and worry about their daughter's safety. So look, uh, I, what you're alluding to is basically saying that transgender kids are dangerous. It sounds like that's what you're saying. Well, you're saying you're you're saying that their safety is at is in, is is at risk. Yeah, but you're 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 laying out a broad kind of broad example or explanation of what could potentially happen. A broad a broad example explanation. That is dangerous. That is a dangerous thing to say that essentially transgender kids we're talking about are dangerous. <sighs> yeah, I don't know how. I don't know how she. I don't know how she took that leap at, over over what he was saying, unless she's saying that people are going to go around targeting transgender people because of that. Is that yeah, what she's saying? It, it, it's just bullshit because she knows that if she's like, well, yeah, you know, I don't want a, a male to beat the shit out of a girl as much as you don't want that to happen. She can't say that. So she has to just be like, uh, you, you're just, you're not allowed to ask that. Did yeah. you see the, the latest episode of Tucker on Twitter? No, I haven't seen the, the latest episode, but the, well, but what, what she's talking about also is also kind of like, you know, when they came out and, and they were saying like, if you question the virus coming from China, people are like, that's going to make people want to beat up Asians. And it's like, well, I don't know about all that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's the same as after 9-11, and I don't know how much crime against Muslim people actually happened after 9-11, especially 
now that if you turn on the news, they tell us about all of the white supremacy that's going on. And I don't see any of that. But I do remember hearing on the news, like, I think George Bush even said, like, you know, be nice to these people. Like, don't act out. It wasn't them. They're Americans like that kind of stuff. But I don't know if I actually heard any stories of people actually attacking those people physically. Yeah. Well, it's like everything else they make up, like saying that Biden, if the election were tomorrow, CNN said that Biden would win 48% to 44%. I'm like, I don't fucking believe that. I don't believe that American people are that stupid. I just, I refuse to believe it. If it's true, then I'm just, I'm going to quit. <laughs> I, I think people are still waking up. I think every day, some more people are being like, wow, man, like a lot of this doesn't make sense. Yeah. But here's Tucker for a minute. This is uh, a couple minutes long, but I think it's worth listening to. He's talking about uh, Hunter Biden and the different ways that Hunter gets money. And I left this part out of the clip. But before this, he's talking about how Hunter was selling his art and uh, he wasn't even selling his actual art. He was selling copies of his art for like fifty, seventy five thousand dollars a piece. And like five people bought it. And he's like, who are those people? Like, what are they doing with it? And then he sold like the original for like millions of dollars. And he's implying that all these people are in cahoots together and it's like a money laundering thing. But then he and when this clip starts, he's talking about a book that uh, Hunter wrote. And then he goes on to talk about Corinne Jean-Pierre a little bit and it all ties together nicely and okay. go. Meanwhile, once his father did become president, corporate publisher Simon & Schuster lined up as well to pay Hunter Biden's bills. According to news reports, Simon & Schuster gave Hunter Biden millions of dollars for his highly selective account of his wholly unaccomplished life. And then the publisher lined up brainless celebrity endorsers like Dave Eggers and Stephen King to promote it. King, who apparently will say anything if it helps the party, called Hunter Biden's silly manuscript a, quote, harrowing and compulsively readable memoir. And then Stephen King described Hunter Biden himself as beautiful. Needless to say, the book sold miserably, but Hunter Biden got to keep the millions, and that was the point. And so on. This kind of thing apparently happened a lot. Again, there seems to be a story here, and we think it's probably worth learning a lot more about it and bringing it to you. In the coming weeks, we will. In the meantime, though, the question is, what can we learn from Hunter Biden's plea deal today? First off, the obvious. For the children of the people in charge, there are no penalties. There are only upsides. They're princelings. They can do what they want. You are not. Therefore, you can't. So don't get any ideas about cheating on your taxes or violating federal gun laws unless you want to celebrate next year's Father's Day through the glass in the visitor's room. The rules definitely apply to you, including rules you don't yet know exist. But there is also a deeper lesson here, a more disturbing one. What we're watching through Hunter Biden's life and through the Biden administration now entering its third year is the total inversion of virtue. What was once considered admirable is now derided as stupid, if not racist. That would include achievement, intelligence, honesty, self-control, humility. Those are features of the old America. Those were yesterday's virtues. They are gone. In their place, all that we once considered contemptible and repulsive, we're told to worship that now. Here's a small example, but we think a revealing one. In addition to his many other sins, Joe Biden has hired what has to be 
the single dumbest, nastiest, most dishonest, most ridiculous person he could possibly find for the very public position of White House press secretary. There's a point to it, of course. It was a humiliation exercise. It was designed to degrade the country and dispirit the rest of us. That's the White House press secretary. Shut up. But here's the thing. The White House press secretary herself has no idea why she's in the job. She thinks she's amazing. Here she is in a clip we just saw. A year in this role, there's been a couple of things that I that has made me incredibly proud. Many things, many things that made me incredibly proud to be at that podium uh, during this historic moment. Again, this is a historic administration. I'm a historic figure and I certainly walk in history every day. I'm a historic figure. <laughs> Imagine saying that. I'm a historic figure, but she does. And she says it in a burst of sincere self-congratulation marked by her signature bad grammar. Illiterate, but proud. Of course she's <laughs> proud. Karine Jean-Pierre is now a historic figure, just like Hunter Biden is now an important artist. It makes you feel stupid for going to work. That was three minutes of his like 12 or 13 minute episode this week. And the whole thing is good. You sent me a clip even though it's got music in it and I hate clips that have music in them, but this one's like less than a minute and uh, it's from the same episode and it has text. Trump's views is allowed to have power in this country. Criticize our wars and you're disqualified. If you keep it up, we'll send you to prison. We can point to the precise moment that permanent Washington decided to send Donald Trump to prison. We should have never been in Iraq. We have destabilized Fine. the Middle East. They lied. Okay. They said there were weapons of mass destruction. There were none. And they knew there were none. That was the one thing you were not allowed to say because it implicated too many people on both sides, which on this topic is really just one side. All of them were guilty. They all knew. They all lied. And to a person, they hated Donald Trump for exposing them. Yes, Donald Trump is a flawed man, but his sins are minor compared to those of his persecutors. In this life, we don't get to choose our martyrs. We can only choose our principles, and America's are at stake. Trump's prosecution isn't just political, it's ideological. Boom. <clears throat> yeah, I love Chuck Tucker, dude. I gotta start watching that every week. What, what day of the week is it on, and what time, do you know? I don't know. I can't say for sure. I want to say maybe like Monday or Tuesday. It's not a, they just sort of release it uh, whenever. Speaking of historical figures, I mean, you know, if, if this all goes well for people who have some semblance of common sense, if this all goes well, um, you know, for meaning like in the future, how we all hope it's going to turn out, he's going to be looked at as a historic figure because he has such a huge audience and I find Tucker very likable. I can't stand when people don't like him. I'm like, what yeah. do you like about him? He's just telling the truth. What do you have against the truth? Well, hopefully we don't get to the point where people like Tucker end up in a fucking concentration camp or something for, for saying myths, mistruths. Yeah. Or that we're not all living on a social credit score. Cause you and I are fucked. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, and that's funny that you mentioned that because here's this guy talking about this. Good, good segue. Thanks. Just announced Executive Order 14067. The U.S. dollars could become crypto. 
and then they can track everything you do. Your privacy is gone. And we're screwed. Social credit scores, all the stuff we kind of look at China and kind of go, oh, how could they? You think it's coming here? It's already here. You know, I've been preparing all the time. I, I said this thing here, Rich Dad's Prophecy. This was 2013. And I said, the biggest crash in stock market history is still coming. It's here now. And so that's why it's called the three times crash. First, stocks and bonds, they're going to get wiped. Second, real estate. Third, cash is gone. That's the kind of shit that I'm scared of is, is the, the social credit score, the, the government or the bank who's in cahoots with the government having the power to be like, no, you can't spend your money on this or you just can't have access to your money. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly what a social credit score system is. They, they, tr- it, it starts with, Oh, you know, you broke the law or you committed a hate crime or something like that. But it, like everything else, it's a slippery slope. You know, 10 years from now, it's because you didn't s- smile at a at a, a trans guy fucking somebody in the park or whatever. Or you rolled your eyes at something or or whatever the case like. That's how it is in China right now. Like people, if if you just say the wrong thing and we're not that far away from just thinking the wrong thing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's what their whole hate speech thing. You violated our hate speech. Maybe not. Probably not. But that way we can yank down whatever you said that we don't like and we'll just label it as hate speech because they've done that to me on YouTube. And I'm like, what did I say that was hateful? And they're like, you said it, you know, right. You know what you said. (laughs) You're like, no, I don't. And they're like, something in the episode. And you're like, well, that's be more specific. Yeah, but they won't. And they don't. Um, I had something I was going to say and I forgot it now. Um, Oh, well, it'll come back to me. Oh, yeah, I've been hearing about that. But well, what he said terrified me about the social credit score. But it also is scary when he talks about stocks and bonds all going to shit, because that's the only retirement that I have is that. And uh, it goes down like every month. So I'm wondering if we should get like an like a gold backed IRA or, you know, every time I talk to my financial guy about it, he's like, ah, these things ebb and flow. And I'm like, I don't think you're plugged into the same shit I am. Like, you know, I'm more scared than you because yes, historically it does go up and down and all that, but yeah. Well, and I think if, if what I think is happening is happening, then yeah, I think once everything goes to shit, everything will rise higher than it is now after they start fixing everything. It's like, uh, I, I, it might've been in 2008 or it might've been some other time. I don't remember, but somebody was interviewing uh, Rupert Murdoch who has like billions in stocks or whatever. And, uh, they were like, oh man, you lost uh, like $1.6 billion in, in stock money or whatever over the week or the month or whatever. Like, how does that feel? And he's like, I didn't lose anything. And they're like, but all this, uh, all the stock prices went down and he's like, yeah, but I didn't sell them. Like I still have everything that I had before this. Like, I'm not worried about the stock prices going down. They're going to go back up. Like they always go back up eventually. So I'm not giving financial advice, but I would say do the same thing with your stocks and bonds and shit as I'm doing with 
my crypto right now, which is just fucking sit on it. I think eventually it will go go up again. But fuck, I'm an idiot. What do I know? <laughs> no, what you're saying is is correct. At least historically, it is. And this is also the time if you have the money to buy stocks and bonds and all that stuff because it's really cheap. And then eventually, it'll be worth a lot of money, in theory. Um, and, in and theory, I hope, or it'll yeah. go way lower for a while, and you'll be like, "Fuck, I should have waited to buy." Yeah, there was that uh, time in history where people were had like, you know, wheelbarrows full of money just to buy a loaf of bread and shit. You know, I'm not sure where that was. I think it was the Weimar Republic or something. Or Prussia. I remember that's another Louis C.K. joke where he's like, it's like having a hundred billion Prussian francs. (laughs) And they're like, this is worth nothing. And you're like, but I have it all. Yeah. All right. So uh, let's wrap up or start to uh, Durham, John Durham, who was the special counsel looking into Trump Russia collusion and all that bullshit. He came and spoke to Congress yesterday, and some people are still on the Durham train, and some people kind of shit on him a little bit. Um, First, we're going to watch Rich Barris, who is the People's Pundit, and there's like two parts in this where he goes, Oh, and it's loud and it's annoying, but uh, this clip is still good. So we'll watch this real quick. Okay. Steel dossier, once and for all. The Steel dossier dossier was, was entered into our congressional record. Was it true? There is not a single substantive piece of information in the dossier that has ever been corroborated by the FBI or, to my knowledge, anyone else. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean, of course, we all knew this. But again, I have to point out that the Steele dossier, Christopher Steele himself, the man whose namesake all right, uh, the dossier bears, is a man who worked in MI, British intelligence at the Russian desk, and they started to question his allegiances. They didn't know whether he not or not he was playing for the right team anymore. This is who this guy is. All right. All of the sourcing, most of the dossier sourcing came from a man named Igor uh, Danchenko, a Russian scum. I mean, this is the irony of it all. The accusation was that Donald Trump colluded with the Russians, all right, uh, to steal the election somehow, you know, which is nuts, of course, um, because you can't collude with a foreign power to steal an election in the United States, not steal it, not in 2016 anyway, under COVID moratoriums, by the way. It would have been a lot easier to do something like that, especially with a system, in case you guys didn't read the report in Georgia. Uh, However, they're all independent little elections being held all over the country. Vladimir Putin could not have hacked some single entity to change votes. Some of the allegations that you heard crazier than anything that you ever heard from the right about 2020. Except for like, you know, the votes going overseas and getting changed. That was nuts. Um, You know, that was out there. But the stuff you heard about 2016, that's on par with that. It's just not true. But at the end of the day, men like this colluded with the Russians. That's the truth. That's the irony of it all. Hat tip Fox News. This is masterful. He gets calls all the time from a foreign government offering dirt on their opponent. Is that what you're saying? I don't think this is unique in your experience. Oh! So you, uh, you have other instances of the Russian government offering. Did you hear the crowd? <gasps> Let's go back and hear that again. Because what he's saying is, it's happened to you and you know it, Adam. You know it. It's not unique at all in your office. I don't think this is unique in your experience. Do you know what he's referencing there? No. So some like prank phone call guys called Adam Schiff. This was back in like 2016 or 17. And they were like, we have pictures of Donald Trump naked. They were doing like shitty Russian accents and everything. And Adam Schiff was like, well, great. Like, how can I get them? And all this kind of stuff. Like he thought it was real and he thought people were really going to give him 
like naked pictures of Trump that he could destroy Trump with. And so that's what he was asking Durham about. Like, how can you, uh, what was the, uh, oh, the Donald Trump Jr. thing where he had the meeting with a girl, uh, what was her name? Uh, Natalia Veselnetskaya, if I remember correctly. She was the, if, if you remember, the Trump Tower meeting. And uh, she said that she had dirt on Hillary Clinton. And Donald Trump Jr. was like, if what you say is true, then that's awesome. Like, yeah, let's meet and talk or whatever. And then according to people there and the Trump and whatever, they just talked about uh, like adoption agencies or something like that. And it ended up not having to do anything with Hillary Clinton. But Adam Schiff was questioning Durham, like, how could you not start? an FBI investigation after that. Like, that's collusion right there. Like, him just agreeing to this meeting. And Durham was like, uh, I think it happens a lot, and I think you would know something about it. And he was referencing the prank phone call that he got. So it was just a good... It, it was a good little clip there. I wish I wish we could prank those fucks without getting in so much trouble. Adam Schiff and uh, Chuck Schumer, especially. I would love to prank those dicks. And Nancy Pelosi, that would be a lot of fun. Yep, it would. But yeah, we would probably get shit on or get thrown in jail or something like that. But then so here's the thing with with the Durham report and Durham and all that stuff is that he didn't bust anybody like we using our logic and shit know that this thing was started on purpose. They wanted people talking about Russian collusion and they wanted to get Trump in trouble either legally or just to, to ruin his name. And Durham didn't really prove any of that. He charged a couple of people. They both won their cases. Uh, and another guy pled guilty before a case and got like probation or something. So, uh, here's Matt Gates. I like Matt Gates. Here's him shitting on John Durham for a few minutes. And, uh, and it's good. I agree with Mr. Biggs. You've given us testimony today that you're disappointed that the FBI didn't cooperate more, right? That was your testimony. Said that. Yeah, so we're disappointed too, but the difference is when regular folks do things that are wrong and unlawful, there's typically greater effort to try to get those people before a grand jury to, to utilize criminal process where appropriate, not, not for other purposes. And it's just like, oh, well, Bill Prestep, the guy who might have set this whole op in motion, he just didn't want to talk to you about certain things, and you were real accommodating to that. And then Mifsud, the person who juices Papadopoulos to create this predicate that you find improper. You guys, you, I mean, did you ever know who his lawyer was, Mifsud's lawyer? He talked to his lawyer in Europe. Not in, I don't know if so he wait, wait, You could find the guy's States. lawyer, but you couldn't find him? Hold on, I'm pausing it for a second. Do you know who Joseph Mifsud is? I, no. Okay, so you've heard the name George Papadopoulos, right? Sure. He was one of the first guys to start the whole Russian collusion thing because he was talking to a dude named Joseph Mifsud who was telling him that they have dirt on Hillary Clinton or that the Russians have dirt on Hillary Clinton or something like that. And just him being told that is what started everybody looking into him and then the FBI putting a FISA warrant on him and all that stuff. So Matt Gates is asking, like, did you find Joseph Mifsud, the guy that allegedly started the whole thing? And Durham's just like, no. 
But, and this part isn't in the clip, but earlier Durham was answering somebody else's question and he was like, look, we can't just bring somebody into an interrogation room and it's not like on TV where we're just like, tell us what you know. Like we have to have some kind of proof of something before we can start asking them questions and then we can only ask them questions about that thing. So Bill Priestep, who worked for the FBI, he agreed to come in and talk to Durham about one specific matter, but they weren't allowed to ask questions about just generic shit. And I don't Durham explains it a little better here, but just so you know what's going on. We uh, contacted uh, somebody that we knew it had rep had represented him and it, it part of the effort to try to locate him. And you got the lawyer. And then now you're, you're sitting here in front of the judiciary saying you could find the guy's lawyer, but you couldn't effectuate the service of a subpoena because you couldn't find him? Well, you, first you know of all, that sounds? as you may or may not know, we wouldn't have um, the authority to serve a subpoena overseas. Um, the lawyer didn't know where Mifsud was. He was in communication uh, with him, but he claimed not to know where he was. And we were trying to arrange um, an opportunity to talk to Mifsud. Did you take uh, possession of two BlackBerry phones from Mifsud in any way? There were phones that were provided to us by oh, so you could find the phones lawyer. the guy. Correct. Do you see how silly this looks? Like you found the lawyer, you found the phones, but the actual dude who yeah. got ordered by Western Intelligence to go start this thing you couldn't find? It, it, it's it's kind of laughable. It seems like more than disappointment. It seems like you weren't really trying to expose the true core of the corruption that you were trying to you were trying to go at it another way. Yeah. As we said in the um, report and as I said in my opening remarks. We pursued the facts as best we could. Well, how about this fact? That we have. Okay, how about this fact, Mr. Durham? The entire Mueller team does a hard reset on their Apple phone in synchronization to wipe away evidence. Did you investigate that? I've read that. Well, why didn't, did you investigate it? Who gave the order on the Mueller team to, to wipe the phones? Yeah, that was not something that we were... Um, asked to look at and we well, didn't know that's that. not true mr durham that is not true because i'm holding the document that authorizes your activity and it specifically says the investigation of special counsel robert Mueller. it's in pair mr chairman i seek unanimous consent to enter into the record the order that says that you're supposed to inter investigate these things and so like whether it's the Mueller team mifsud how about azra turk azra turk what's azra turk's real name do you know that I'm not going to be disclosing the names of FBI personnel that are oh, otherwise unavailable. But, but an FBI, so the FBI sends somebody to go honeypot George Papadopoulos. Who gave the order to do that? I think that's beyond the scope of what's in the report. It's literally the scope of what your charging order is. Who put it in motion? We get after it was put in motion, the FBI did a bunch of wrong and corrupt things. Totally understand we're trying to deal with that. But when you are part of the cover-up, Mr. Durham, then mm. it makes our job harder. Yeah, well, if that's your thought, I mean, there's no way of dissuading you from that. I can tell you that it's offensive and that the people who worked on this investigation have spent their lives trying to protect the people in this country and pursue within the law you went what it is that we, two, could, we are Mr. authorized Wait, to do. On. You tried two cases, lost both of them, and then the one plea, guilty plea you got, Kleinsmith, Kleinsmith is back to practicing law in Washington, D.C. today. Yeah, that's beyond my control. Right, but, but the, f the fact that you allowed that plea to occur, right, and, and then the punishment was insufficient, the fact that you didn't, you didn't charge Andrew McCabe, you didn't convict the lying Democrats or the lying Russians, 
You didn't investigate Mifsud or the Mueller probe, even though, as we sit here today in black letter, that was your charge. Have you ever heard of the Washington Generals? The Washington Generals? Yes. And, and they're the team that basically gets paid to show up and lose, right? <laughs> well, I, you know, I'm sure that the players who um, exert blood, sweat, and tears don't view it that way, but you might. I think they do. I think they do because the job of the Washington Generals is to show up every night and to play the Harlem Globetrotters. And their job well, I'm is thinking, to lose. I'm sorry, of a different, I was thinking of a different Yeah, thing. yeah, so their job is to lose. And I'm kind of wondering, and, and it, just see, it just seems so facially obvious that it's not what's in your report that's telling, mm -hmm. it's the omission. It's the lack of work you did. And for the people like the chairman who put trust in you, I think you let them down, I think you let the country down, and you are one of the barriers to the true accountability that we need. Do I get to respond to that or comment on that? Yeah, well, I don't know if you've ever investigated a crime. Um, if you I don't know that you have. You didn't investigate these, Mr. Durham. <clears throat> Whether or How about not, Andy McCabe? Did you charge him? Did you investigate him? Gentlemen, gentlemen, time has expired. The witness can respond, and we'll move on to our last uh, last. I don't know, day. sir, whether or not you've ever had occasion to uh, try to investigate crimes under the rules and regulations and under the Constitution that we're bound by. Um, we can gather evidence in particularly lawful ways. Uh, can't charge people because we might think it's something. It's not just that we you didn't charge, charge you didn't investigate. Gentlemen, you didn't time. investigate the Mueller team Gentlemen's wiping time. their phones, Gentlemen's and you won't time. tell us who gave the orders because you're protecting those people. Gentlemen's time has expired. All right. That was a little long, but I liked uh, everything that he said there. Well, two things real quick. Um, first of all, Matt Gates, in, especially in that video, looks like Eddie Munster all grown up. Uh-huh. <laughs> and... Uh, I always, up until now, I thought Durham was one of our best assets. Yeah, so did everybody else. That's why people are kind of bummed out that he didn't, I mean, he what he did do and what I, here's what I assume is happening. Durham proved that the Clinton team paid for the dossier. The dossier was all fake and that's kind of where his, job stopped i think one of the things that q has said before or hinted at at least is like is durham our like the main guy here or is there another secret or special counsel doing more work behind the scenes question mark so that's what a lot of the q people are bringing up today is like durham wasn't the guy man like he wasn't the guy that was looking at all this and matt gates kind of makes that point a little bit of being like, why didn't you look into this or this or this? And Durham saying like, that wasn't the scope of our investigation. We weren't tasked with looking at that, which yeah. to me says somebody else is tasked with looking at that. And I think it's again, it's to me, it doesn't disprove my theory that we're watching a, a years of scripted shit going on right now. And yeah. I still think that. Well, I mean, I think I've told you I talked to that guy one time, um, Scott McCain, who was going to be in uh, Scott McKay, who was going to be he it was his dream to be like one of those dicks on Capitol Hill. And then without getting into all of it, trying to explain it all, he said that everything you see on like C-SPAN and all that, it's all theater. You know, like historically, those people act like they're arguing on behalf of the American people. And they, they're all just playing roles. And then they, 
they hit cut on the, you know, thing and then they go and screw each other's wives and party together. And, you know, they pretend they're, they're the Harlem Globetrotters versus the Washington generals, you know, like, oh, we're going to let you win today. And, you know, um, but it's all bullshit. And I believe yeah. that. Well, I mean, hopefully that's changing, you know, hopefully somebody like Matt Gates or, or Lauren Boebert or Marjorie Taylor green or, or those kind of people are actually kind of breaking the rules now and, and not playing the game that, that people are used to playing. And that's, they kind of proved that with the, when they were selecting uh, uh, McCarthy to be speaker, because all of the Republicans, except for like 20 of them were like, Oh yeah, McCarthy's speaker. Like we'll, we'll pick you and, and then we'll go about our business. And Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor green and Lauren Boebert and 17 other people were like, no, fuck that. Like we're not voting for him unless he agrees to these specific things. And they had a big long list of shit. And one of them was like, we can't, I don't know how to say it exactly, but the point is like they, they're not just allowed to do the same kind of shit that they've been doing for decades. Like there's, there's stricter rules in the house of representatives now. And I think we're leading to something, but what the hell do I know? And we're way over time. Yeah. We'll go ahead and wrap it up. But um, next week we'll talk about Gitmo and how interesting some of that stuff is, you know, Biden wanted to close it for a long time and now, they've never closed it, which kind of leads into, is he really the president and, uh, how Trump spent like 500 million revamping it, um, you know, for more courtrooms and more prison space and all that stuff. Um, it's pretty interesting. So we'll talk about that next week. And we also still need to talk about Saul Alinsky, but there's always a lot of stuff we don't end up talking about because it's just too much shit going on. Yep. That's true. If you've made it this far into the episode, thanks for watching, uh, hit buttons, share shit, uh, if you're in Wichita, come see me Friday night at uh, uh, Barleycorns or in El Dorado on Saturday at the Vaudeville something or other. Awesome. Cool. Well, thanks for tuning in, everybody. It's always going to making it happen. M-A-C-A-N, it happened. Help out little Bo making and his family. And like he said, make sure you like and share and, and subscribe to our, our channels. And we're on Rumble. We're on... Uh, soundcloud if you just want to listen um we're on rockfin i can subscribe to all those you can just flat out send us money if that's what you want to do you can tip us on rockfin whatever you want to do to support we would appreciate it and uh that's it we'll see you guys next week for episode 45 in a row coming up on a damn year mike hell yeah that's exciting we're getting close yeah. all right peace out everybody i gotta go do comedy all right bye-bye goodbye Thank you.